Black Canyon 2018 when you it was you against Courtney DeWalter for that golden ticket. Can you, when you were on the start line and you looked to your right or left or wherever she was, were you thinking, okay, I got to, basically, she's going to be my main competition, my comp- competition today? <laughs> well, funny you should say that because in 2018, I was still very new to the sport and uh, I had no idea who Courtney DeWalter was. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she did not know who you were. <laughs> Probably not. Like, Welcome to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. Discover the inspiring stories of the average and not-so-average runners. And they're off. Whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah, summer's here. Officially. Today. Unof- today. 30 degrees. 30 degrees. Ouch. <laughs> here we go. Talking about weather again. Yeah, forget weather. Let's Life about- goals. Let's talk about gotta run racing. Gotta run racing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am very excited because the Monarch Butterfly medals and mm. swag, which is secret, are en route. Wow. So we should be seeing those in about 10 days or so, and I will be showing them off on social because they are going to be fire. So the Monarch Butterfly is flying over here. She sure is. Cool. All right. And we run the north. We are in Ontario, Ontario, Bruce Peninsula National Park up in Tobermory. Which we, you and I finally got to see last year. (laughs) Finally visiting our own province. Yeah. It was pretty spectacular. Yeah. There was some things to see. Mm. A lot of things to see. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. And who's on the podcast today? (sighs) On the podcast today, we have Elsa. Elsa McDonald. Oh. Wow. I first came across her when she won outright Sinister 7 2017. There was a buzz in the air in the ultra community saying, well, this woman won ultra outright 100 miler. First time running 100 mile. That's the first time I I, I kind of knew her. Well, no one knew who she was. She came out of nowhere. Right. But that's what there was a buzz about. There's this woman. Right. But then further research... Hey, she wins a couple of Ironmans. <laughs> she wins a, now. She's won a couple of uh, hundred milers. Yes. Yeah, she's getting yes. her name out there. And, she sure uh, is. So she's heading to Western next year. So we'll get to see her. And I just can't wait to hear what she has to say about all this success. That's right. Coming up. Well, welcome to the podcast, Elsa McDonald. What are you drinking today? Anything? Uh, not during the meeting. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got straight vodka here. (laughs) (laughs) We came across your name because it was on the 2020 Western States that you were going to go to Western States in 2020. But before that, there was a buzz about you back in 2017 winning outright Sinister 7. And that's how we basically came across your name way back then. So I was wondering, before that... You were into triathlons, but way before that, I was wondering if you could talk about that first triathlon and they will move into ultras. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of triathlon is where I started my athletic journey, I suppose, right out of high school, started doing like Olympic distance um, tries. Uh, I moved from there to road running and got into the marathon and focused on that for many years. 
And then, uh, well, I would still do triathlon at the time and just kind of doing both triathlon and marathon. Uh, a friend convinced me to do an Ironman. So I got into the longer distance triathlon. And that's kind of where I discovered my talent for the endurance events. And after a few years of that, I decided I wanted to change it up a bit and thought I'd hit the trails and see if I could tackle these longer, longer ultra marathons. <laughs> Quite the difference of a Ironman into an ultra. I'm just curious, what was your first ultra before Sinister Seven? Uh, my very first ultra was in 2015. It was the Golden Ultra, so a little bit of a shorter course compared to what I'm doing now. I think the long it was a three day stage race, so it consisted of a uh, vertical kilometer on day one, a uh, 60k race on day two, and then a uh, half marathon on day three ultra. And what about that appeal to you coming out of doing three different disciplines to now just sticking with one and seeing how you can push yourself that way? Um, I still actually, I, li- I like the cross training and that's kind of what kept me engaged in triathlon. Um, and I do still do a lot of cross training, lots of biking. Biking was probably my primary sport growing up. I just cycled everywhere. So I, I had a really good bike background. I was never good at swimming. <laughs> that was always a struggle for me. But I, I do like I did like to change up my training by throwing something challenging in there. So the swim was good for that. Yeah, I just like the variety in the training. Once you hit the Ironman distance, was Kona always a goal of yours? Or you were you just in it to see how you would uh, adapt to going the distance as opposed to the shorter Olympics? I was just in it for the experience. I was in it for the finish. And uh, I actually qualified for Kona on my first Ironman. And I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't going to take my thought, but it was a friend that convinced me that, you know, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. You should really, <laughs> you should really take this opportunity. So I, I did, I, I, I took the spot and it was exactly a year out from the day I qualified to the day I raced Kona. So it gave me another year. So I had lots of time to rest, recover, and then build up again. So it, the timing was really good. And did Kona live up to its expectations or had you even really built any in your mind? Does it live up to that thought that we see on TV that um, imagining the the flats and the heat and the volcano and all of that, does it live up to it? And the crawling to the finish line. A hundred percent. Yeah, it was more than I had um, expected. Actually, um, it was an amazing atmosphere. And the days prior to the race, they have uh, lots of events happening downtown at the race venue. And they tell all the athletes stories, like some of the physically challenged athletes, um, what their struggles are, how they got to the start line. And they talk about the competition. And it's just, it's a really, really energetic atmosphere. And uh, the course itself, yeah, it was super hard. And <laughs> yeah, you have the heat and the humidity and that that dreadful run on the, the Queen K highway down to the energy lab. And, but yeah, it was so worth it to, to go. What year was that? Your first, uh, I did 2016. Okay. To the, the race that you qualified for Kona, what race was that to get your uh, Louisville? That was, you won it by age group or how did you get into Kona from that race? Uh, I played second in my age group. Okay. And there was, I think there was three slots for my age group. <laughs> was just out of curiosity, because I know some of our listeners have um, traveled to, to do Kentucky, to do Louisville and the swim has always been altered. So the year that you went, was it a full swim? 
It was a full swim. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I know they have some struggles cool, there. It was a close call because uh, they had some algae issues leading up mm. to the race. And there were some rumors that they were going to have to change it or cancel the swim altogether. And that was actually really just a funny news for me because my first Ironman was supposed to be Lake Tahoe in September of mm. 2014. And so I trained for a full year for that Ironman and really worked up to it. Uh, traveled down there. And as we were standing on the beach with our bikes racks, five minutes before the race, they canceled it because of a forest fire that blew smoke into the, the bike course. Oh, no. So, <laughs> so that was um, that was really heartbreaking. The race that I did after that, because they gave us a credit to, to go into another race was Louisville. And mm. uh, so I had two years of Ironman training going into my first Ironman. So in, in that sense, it paid off. But um, but yeah, I was really kind of upset when I heard that the swim was going to be all <laughs> And what was the swim like at Kona? If you're not a swimmer and having to start in such a, oh my gosh, the nerves. I, I can't imagine the nerves that would be happening if, if that's not one yeah. of your stronger disciplines. I had done a lot of mass start swims. So I was okay with being around the crowds and I just hang towards that because I'm a weaker swimmer anyway. But I was more worried about the ocean swim and swimming with a wetsuit and the, the currents and stuff. So it, it is a hard swim. Uh, the first year I was there, I had a really good swim. We had calm waters. It was, it's a beautiful swim too. Like it, the water is crystal clear and you mm. see all these tropical fish swimming below you. So it's really neat that way. Yeah. Um, I went back to Kona in 2018 and the water was really choppy Ooh. and it was so hard. Like I felt the swim back to shore just felt twice as long as going out like it just kept pulling you back out so it, right. it can be a challenge for sure and as biking being one of your stronger disciplines do you enjoy passing people because it's, presumably if the swim is not your strong you're a little bit back of the pack in terms of where you're going to end up finishing so do you like that feeling of catching people on the bike and passing all the time oh I love it um, <laughs> who wouldn't <laughs> well I can tell you as someone who's being passed it's horrible <laughs> I think that's I think that's one of the reasons why I do so well in the, in the triathlon and especially the longer distances because I'm so far back coming out of the swim and I'm like, strong on the bike and strong on the run so as soon as I get out of the water it's like I'm constantly passing people and and that's a huge confidence boost for anyone right so right. It, it makes the rest of the race go really well for me as opposed to the people who seem to fall apart on the run, like it must be really difficult to lead the race and then start losing place when you hit the run. Oh yeah. That would be morally yeah, defeating. Demoralizing. <laughs> demoralizing. Yeah, so, it's a completely different race. Translating that into a running race, would you prefer to always lead then? Or is that cause a little bit more stress knowing that, you know, mm. there's someone you don't know who's behind you or how, how unless you're doing loops. How does that play into it? You mean just if I were to do just a straight just a marathon? Straight or, yeah. Yeah, I, it is a bit harder because you do tend to get sucked into the the fast the faster crowd and maybe start off too quick. So it, it's a little bit harder because you know you have to hold back for those kind of distances. So, uh, But at the same time, you're being pushed by all the really quick people around you. So it's an interesting game and you have to be careful. But at the same time, you want to take that opportunity to be naturally pushed by your competition. Right. So that, that's a great segue into the Canadian ultra road race you did in Calgary, right? That was the 50K. You won the Canadian national. Yeah. How did that go? What was your strategy going into that? Because that's a road ultra. I was actually just using it as a training race leading up 
to uh, Sinister 7. I thought, well, this would be a great way to kind of practice the long distance and running a little bit quicker, um, the fatigue build up in my legs. So for me, it was a training race. So going in it, I, I didn't have any um, great tensions. And then closer to race day, all my friends were talking, like, okay, this is who your competition is. This is the girls that you have to watch out for. And I'm like, whoa, this is just a training race. I'm not going to worry too much about it. But I ended up uh, kind of neck and neck with one other girl. And we were pretty close for probably the first 30K. And then she started to, to fall back a bit. And I was able to maintain a pretty strong pace and, and lead the race to the finish. So it was um, it was a surprising outcome. It uh, wasn't what I expected, but uh, it was good. I, I, I felt good the whole way. And I didn't uh, focus too much on winning or competition. It was more just stay relaxed and stay focused and calm. <laughs> and it, it worked out. <laughs> So let's talk about Sinister 7, because Sinister 7 was also a ultra-national competition, right? It was a Canadian national 100-miler? It was, yeah. And that was going to be your goal race that year? Uh, that was my A race for the year. Um, it was my first attempt at 100-miler. So for me, it was just about the experience and making it to the finish line and seeing what the 100-mile deal was all about. <laughs> <laughs> so how did that go? <laughs> Better than <expected. laughs> so we, my training leading up to it was really good. I was confident that I could finish the distance. I just wasn't sure how long it was going to take. And I kind of looked at every segment of the race and broke it down as far as like how far and how much elevation gain each leg had. And I gave my husband a ballpark. <laughs> time and I told him I would finish somewhere between 19 and 25 hours <laughs> <laughs> that's a big park that Elsa sounds, that's a really big park <laughs> that sounds about right well, there's, there's so many variables in ultra running that you kind of you have no idea right <laughs> so that day we ended up having a very unusual heat wave mm. and it hit 37 degrees on race day wow <laughs> I think it was the, the highest DNF rate ever for that race. <laughs> I think wow. eight, there was 18% finishers. Wow. Um, and I think that helped me because I do well in warmer conditions. Uh, and going into it, I knew, okay, it's going to be hot. So I'm going to have to really watch my pace and take in lots of fluids to make sure that I'm going to survive. So I went out slower than I had anticipated. And I found myself leading the race in very early on, like mm -hmm. two. And I didn't really, I didn't let it go to my head because I thought so much can happen. Like you're 20 miles into a hundred mile race. <laughs> <laughs> Way too early to be competitive. So I, I just kind of kept moving forward and and I was able to just keep moving until I hit that finish line. And by the time I got to the finish line, I had gained a, a 90 minute lead on the next participant. Also a very unexpected outcome. <laughs> Winning outright. I can't imagine what that would be, but what about all the hype after that? The press, they, they, they got contacted. They're wondering, everyone's wondering who you are. How did all that come out into play? Hey guys, if you like what you're hearing so far, give us a like and follow our social media. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you can find all that at gotterunracing.com. 
Did you know the monarch butterfly is the ultra-runner of the insect world? Covering over 4,000 kilometers every year during their migration from Mexico to Canada. Is that what they mean when they say the butterfly effect? That was a weird movie. We've launched the Monarch Ultra Virtual 10K. You can run, walk, hike, bike, or flap your wings virtually anytime, any place. You'll receive a beautiful two-sided medal featuring a stunning Monarch, as well as a custom neck gaiter, all while supporting Camp Kawartha in Peterborough. Our goal is to have 430 participants across North America, each completing 10K, representing the collective distance of the Monarch's migration. Sprint to GottaRunRacing.com for more details. Now, back to the show. Yeah, well, it was really exciting at first because, um, yeah, lots of people contacted me and uh, Canadian Running Magazine did a big profile piece on me. I had lots of podcast views because <laughs> I, I kind of came out of nowhere because nobody knew who I was at the start line, but by the time I hit the finish line, it's like everybody knew who I was and it was exciting. So it was, uh, it was quite the the career highlight that I was able to um, run on for a long time. It was a good feeling. I can imagine that's, that's amazing. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) And again, being your first hundred miler, do you feel that you were, obviously you were adequately prepared, but were you, did you go through all of the range of emotions and, and have any big aha moments that, okay, I think this is where I want to continue with my, my endurance is, is focus it more in the ultra world or were you sort of, you know, unsure? I, I feel like I flip flop back and forth. I like to focus on the ultra trail running for a while and then I'll kind of get not bored of it, but just want to switch things up and go back to like Ironman training. And for a while I was trying to do it all. And that was a little bit too much to do like in a year to do a hundred mile and an Ironman. I did kind of, what I kind of started doing was picking an A race for the year. So whether that's an Ironman or an ultra, and then I would pick the opposite sport to play around in. So if I was focusing on an Ironman, I might sign up for like a couple of shorter trail races or, or ultras just to keep fit and engaged in that sport but not overly competitive. So I would kind of use those days as training days, more or less. And then the opposite would be true. If I was doing like a hundred miler, I would still participate in triathlon. I probably wouldn't do an Ironman, but I would do like a half Ironman. Right. When you were getting into the ultra scene, did you know about Western States? Did anybody put that in your ear or, Hey, you should, consider doing this race or try to get to there? I knew about it. I had read about it. I used to really follow Ellie Greenwood. She was a bit of an idol oh, of mine yeah. <laughs> when I was younger, before I even got into the ultra running. And she, of course, broke the record at, at Western State. So I knew it was a high-profile race. I didn't really have my heart set on it when I first got into ultra running because I had no idea what sports could take. So mm. didn't know, I didn't expect to run it like this. Or I didn't really look that far ahead the reason I asked because you did Black Canyon back in 2017, I believe. It was that for a golden ticket? Was that your plan to try to get to Western through Black Canyon? Uh, no. So the first time I did, I did Black Canyon twice. One was a Western, one was a golden ticket winner. And the first year that I ran it was just, I wanted to get into the longer distance ultra running and eventually work my way up to 100 miler with 107. And that year I thought, okay, I'll do the 100 days first. 
mm. and see how that goes. And then from there, I'll see if I want to do 100 miler. And I picked Black Canyon, not even really knowing that it was a, a golden ticket race or even what a golden ticket race was. I chose Black Canyon because we travel a lot to Phoenix and the race works out really well with my uh, work schedule. Mm. So it was just a fluke that I happened to run a golden ticket race the first time I ever did. <laughs> right. Can we go back to uh, Black Canyon 2018 when you it was you against Courtney DeWalter for that golden ticket? Can you, when you were on the start line and you looked to your right or left or wherever she was, were you thinking, okay, I got to, basically, she's going to be my main competition, my comp- competition today? <laughs> well, funny you should say that because in 2018, I was still very new to the sport and uh, I had no idea who Courtney DeWalter was. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she did not know who you were. <laughs> Probably not. Like I, I don't. I wasn't really following the sport that closely. And um, and actually, when I went into Black Canyon for the second time, the reason I went back to that race was because the first time I did it, the course got altered. Mm. So I never got to experience the full full course because I don't normally do the same race twice. But again, we happened to be in Phoenix, and I thought I'd really love to do this course from start to finish. The actual course. <laughs> I signed up for it and I, I said to my husband, I'm like, if I did get a, a golden ticket, I would like to go. That would be a pretty good opportunity. Again, a once in a lifetime experience, kind of like Kona. I, lo- I just looked at ultra sign up day before and it tells you like who's in the race and, and what their ranking is in the, the trail running world kind of thing. And I, I did see Courtney DeWalter's name there. And so uh, that was the first time I had, had heard her name. And I looked at some of her times. I thought, oh, this girl's really quick. She actually was in the competition for the Western for the gold because she already had one oh, going okay. into that race. But uh, we did run together for a while uh, during the race and shared a few miles together and connected. It was, it was really good. And we actually had a beer together at the end of the race. <laughs> so awesome. it was kind of stayed in So it was one of those perfect race days where everything just fell into place. I felt good the whole day. And I was, I was able to just really hammer the pace and, and came out with a really good time in the gold ticket. So that race went really well. Hmm. Had you trained on any part of that course on your any of your visits to Arizona? Uh, not on that course, no. But I was training on similar terrain because we were spending the winter in Arizona, so I was always out like running the desert trails, and I was kind of used to that climate and the dryness and the heat and everything. So I that definitely was an advantage. Right. Yeah. So you get your golden ticket. Now you're going to Western States. About three four months later right and this, hmm. you're going to go to western states yeah and now you're towing the line against courtney again and against lucy bartholomew casey like they're all there now yeah. what's going through <laughs> yeah had you done any had you done any research into who your competition might be for that one yeah yes I, and I, yeah and i think that was a disadvantage actually mm. um so the line at western states of course with the some of the most elite runners in the world and it was really intimidating because i was getting all these messages from um people through social media saying oh we think you're gonna win and oh. you know so there was a lot of there was a lot of pressure and this is your um, second hundred miler this is my second hundred miler okay. oh my god um, and i kind of let the pressure get to me i shouldn't have but i did because i thought all these people are counting on me and if i don't show them a good result then i'll be a disappointment so i kind of I let that take over and, and went out way too hard and blew up. <laughs> so didn't exactly have the race that I wanted to have. Um, learned a lot of lessons though and, and 
that's been valuable, but yeah, it was not the race that I wanted. That's mm. for sure. Well, you came right behind Casey Lichtai. Did you guys run together for a while as well? Uh, I did see her along the course. Yeah. But mm. uh, I didn't really speak to her much. I think she passed me pretty quickly and then I never saw her again. So. Mm. So now that you've seen the entire course, you, I'm sure you have a different strategy, a different game plan heading into the next one. I'll definitely go out more conservatively. I'll focus, like, have the same strategy that I had in previous 100 miles, like Sinister 7 and Terrawera, which also went really well. You know, where you, you just, you start out super slow and, and you just carry on. And it yeah. definitely pays off at the end for those longer races. Are you planning to go this year, Elsa? No, I um, pushed my ticket to, to next year because I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to travel. So. Right. Well, we'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. Norm, a little bit of Norm's history. He's been trying for six years to get into Western <laughs> and five years to get into UTMB Yeah. and however many years to get into Boston. And he got into all three last year. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So what he's, unfortunate timing. Well, I hope you get to do them all. <laughs> yeah, we're we're thinking uh, UTMB in twenty twenty three. Western States next year, then Boston whenever. Boston whenever, <laughs> but uh, our goal with this podcast was to meet all of the Canadians that would be attending Western States, so that we could form a little bit of a a support group for each other. <laughs> Because you oh, know, fantastic. you get down there, and it's very, it's very intimidating. I, as a spectator, I'm going to be intimidated. <laughs> well, there's only about ten Canadians ever that get into Western. More ten, twelve. Yeah, not that the many. That's why we're doing this podcast. So we want to have a support for each other, and you'll have extra crew because we'll all meet each other beforehand, and you'll yeah. have more cheering, and we'll just look after each other, and that's our goal by doing this. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And you know what? It's, it's a crew is a logistical nightmare for that one. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes. It's a lot of work. So um, to have support in that respect, that my husband's an awesome support crew, and he even was exhausted after that one. But but he wants me to do it again. So well, tell tell him that I would love to hook up with him because I have crewed Norm in countless races and doing it by myself has been so stressful. And I would love to have the extra support myself. So Oh, you guys should definitely connect then on social media because he he loves to make friends along the way too. Oh, so he's super social and just and we love to help everybody on the course, not just me. Right. <laughs> so he's That's a good awesome. one to tee up with for sure. Plus, he knows the route really well now that he's crewed it before. Exactly. He's very organized. So. Yeah. That, that, that's really important because I think you can really get overwhelmed and you don't want to miss out on your runner, especially if you're waiting for important gear and, and, uh, it makes a big difference, right? Overall. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Back to, Western, back to Western States. It didn't go to go so well for you, but then you decided to take on the Canadian Ironman championship. <laughs> five weeks later or something like that. <laughs> hey, why not? Eh? Let's just, yeah. let's just get my bike out. And <laughs> how did that go? So 2018 was one of the years that I tried to do it all. Um, but my A race that year was uh, Ironman Canada and I wanted a Kona qualifier. I wanted to go back to Kona because in 2016, when I did Kona, 
I ended up straining my Achilles tendon four weeks after the race. So I wasn't able to run as well as I had wanted. So it was a bit of a redemption for me. Um, so that was my, my A race. So yeah, I fell apart at Western States and doing Ironman Canada five weeks later was a bold move, but it worked out really well because I made all of those mistakes at Western. I was really exhausted after Western States and I was kind of like, I couldn't eat and just couldn't even, like I had no energy for like a full week. And I think I was just able to get some really good rest during that period. And then when I was able to eat again, I just was like a baby dinosaur. <laughs> just <laughs> replenishing all those, all those uh, nutrients that I had depleted during the race and uh, worked myself back up again. And I knew going into um, Ironman Canada that I needed to have less pressure on me. So I stopped thinking about Kona and putting so much emphasis on it. I just thought, okay, I just, I want to have a good race. I want to feel good from start to finish. I don't want to feel, I don't ever want to feel again the way I did at Western States. Because mm. <laughs> that was an awful feeling. I don't care if I go a little bit slower. I just don't want to feel like that. Mm. So I got into uh, Ironman Canada, same thing. We had record high temperatures. It was 47 degrees again. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I knew I had to pace myself. So of course, for me, that's no problem starting off slow because it starts with the swim. So I, I did my little doggy paddle, got out of the water and I do get competitive on the bike. So I knew I had to like really dial back a bit because otherwise I would, I would end up in uh, the same situation. So every time I could see somebody ahead of me and get a little bit competitive, I reminded myself of how I did feel at Western States and, and going out to cars. So I'm um, always just conscious of my effort, <clears throat> um, got on the run and that's when a lot of people started to fall apart because it was the hottest part of the day and mm. it was really exposed run course. And uh, I just kept a consistent pace. It, it wasn't a super fast marathon. It was in comparison to all the other times that day, but because of the heat, everybody was a lot slower. Um, but I ended up catching the lead women and winning the race. <laughs> so Incredible. got my qualifier. <laughs> Hey guys, if you like what you're hearing so far, give us a like and follow our social media. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You can find all that at gotterunracing.com. Have you checked out our virtual series yet? We Run the North. Celebrating Canada's national parks features a total of 13 10-kilometer challenges, one for each province and territory. How many national parks can you name? Well, there's Algonquin, and then there's Bam. Then, then that's it? Anyways, medals that connect, license plate style bibs, and cool swag can be yours. Visit gotterunracing.com for more details. Now, back to the show. And had you consistently swam, bike, ran up until Western, or did you sort of taper it off and do more running just up to Western, or how did that work out for you? Uh, I'm actually, I'm not a high mileage runner. So even when I'm training for a hundred miles, I, my volume is like around 80 kilometers. Mm. So the only thing I do differently going into um, an ultra marathon is about four weeks, three to four weeks out from the race, I'll do a weekend that kind of simulates the race. Mm. So if I'm doing a hundred miler over that weekend, I'll do a hundred miles in one wow. weekend. Wow. So I do like a super long race on or super long run on Saturday. 
really, really slow. And that's just to dial in my, that 100 mile pace, that nice, slow, easy pace. And, you know, it's good for mental training. It's good for um, reminding yourself how to fuel on those long runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next day I do a tempo run in the morning. So I run as fast as I can for about a half marathon. And uh, just to simulate running fast on tired legs. Mm-hmm. And then I do a little bit of a trail run in the evening just to simulate running technical terrain on tired legs. Mm. And that's the only difference in my training going into a miler versus a marathon. Wow. Have you ever been coached in either discipline? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> 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 from what you're saying i don't think so <laughs> you can't dispute it it works <laughs> it works <laughs> that's amazing well you're obviously very in tune with your body and yeah. you know it works for you so that alone is half the battle right <laughs> that's great in, in, in 2019 again you win another iron man Santa Rosa. Santa Rosa. Santa Rosa. Yeah. Yeah. And how did that, how did that go again? Just a regular, regular, regular day for you or is this? <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was one of the years I was, I was trying to think that was 2019. I was m- more focused on the ultra running. Mm. Oh, I was okay. doing um, Quebec mega trail and then oh. I did DCC. So um, I was doing more focused on more run focused trail running so I was doing I had the opportunity to do uh this Ironman with my girlfriend who got me into Ironman in the first place and mm-hmm. it seemed like a really good opportunity to go to wine country and train mm-hmm. together and race together and just a girls weekend away so I was I kind of went in with not low expectations but just to enjoy enjoy the day basically uh, my swimming was still pretty strong at that time and I had a really good swim that day the lake was just calm and beautiful so that went well and the bike course is actually really quite technical in uh, Santa Rosa so that was a lot harder than I expected it we had like perfect race day conditions nice and cool calm day like just absolutely perfect for racing (laughs) and the run course in that one is it's a three loop course and it's super flat and shaded and uh, there's lots of energy on the run course because it's because of the, the short loop course. There's so many spectators cheering and it's a really good environment and, and an excellent course for PRs. And we oh, just wow. had the perfect day. So. Nice. And CCC. So obviously that's another area that we are anxious to get to, to, to see what it's all about. But but you had a chance to go to Kona and you said, you said no, because you're going to CCC. Was that... Yeah, yeah. Wow. Say no to Kona. Yeah, I knew I was going to be, <laughs> I, I was gonna be pretty wrecked after CCC. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't need to add any more races that year. <laughs> so how was CCC then? How was it? Is that your first time racing in Europe? Yes. Mm. Wow. So now you have a whole new ball game going on with the Europeans. New people. Yes. Yeah. Oh. And new scenery. It was yeah, it was absolutely stunning. It was an amazing experience. Yeah. And do you want to do UTMB now? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually registered for uh, UTMB this year. Um, obviously, I don't think I'll be able to travel by that time, so I would probably postpone to this year. But 
Okay. How do you feel about the recent news that Iron Man and UTMB have joined? <laughs> I, was, I was really shocked, but um, I don't know. I think it's probably more of a financial thing more than anything. Um, I imagine that races have really struggled over the last couple of years with COVID and all the cancellations and everything. So I don't know. I'm kind of just glad that these races are still alive and can still happen because it's been my life for the last 10 years and I would hate to see and go under just because COVID and not have ever had the opportunity to run them. So I hope it works out well. I know a lot of people don't like the idea, but I don't know. I I think that we should, whatever support we can get, we should take. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. That would be interesting that if you were to age group or or win Ironman, that'll get you into UTMB. Oh, yeah. As an, op- as an option. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Yeah, that would be interesting, actually. <laughs> Just saying it. I would, uh, I would change some people's minds, I think. <laughs> then, <laughs> then it would be interesting to see if uh, all these triathletes go do UMTMB and they get their completely smashed. <laughs> and settle the, settle the uh, discussion once and for all. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that would be they'll be completely shocked. Wow. So then you went to Bandera to get your golden ticket again. Is that I did. I didn't really have any intentions to go back to Western States. I was even though I really suffered on the race, I didn't have the race I planned. I finished in 21 hours, which I think is a pretty respectable time for that course. Mm-hmm. Especially we had a really hot day that day. It was 40 degrees. Just to warn you, if you're going to do the same race I'm doing, it's going to be hot. <laughs> That's my race day lot. <laughs> so, you know, despite not having the race I planned, I was still proud of my finish and, and happy that I got to experience the course. So I was kind of done with Western States. I was moving on to different courses because there's so many to explore. Mm. Um, but my husband just kept prodding me like, I think I'd really like to see you do Western States again. I think you could do really well. I'd like you to go back and have a better day. And I'm like, okay. So finally he convinced me to um, do a golden ticket. And I was training for Tarawera at the time. And Bandera was the month before. And my whole training plan of the big race, (laughs) my training weekend, this, this worked out to be the Bandera weekend. So I thought, okay, I'll sign up for Bandera. I'll use it as a training race for Tarawera. If I get a golden ticket, I'll go. If I don't get a golden ticket, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there was quite the competition going into that race. Cat Bradley was there and Amanda Basham, who I knew were very strong runners. Mm. And I knew they were also going to So I was like, okay, I'll, whatever, you know, it, it'll be what it'll be. They both ended up dropping out of the race and I ended up finishing first getting the golden ticket and it, it kind of came with mixed emotions to be honest because at one point around the 80k mark which is where I always struggle in a in a, an ultra whether it's 100k or 100 miles that 80k mark is just <laughs> a mental breaking point for me and I was thinking to myself I hope somebody passes so I don't get this but that was short then um <laughs> I got over that little mental hug and I'm like, okay, okay. I feel good. We're going to Western States and it's going to be awesome. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Is your husband a runner? <laughs> um, he has done uh, a couple of Ironmans in the past. He's done some shorter distances and he's done a 50K. So. Okay. Hmm. All right. But he he's sounds a bit, like. He's a bit older than me. And he's, 
he's been struggling with some injuries over the years mm. so uh not quite as into it as I am but um, he does enjoy it he loves the atmosphere and he loves the crew so. yes I was I was going to ask you about the age thing and I can only ask you because I'm older than you so <laughs> have you have you noticed any changes since the big 40 birthday anything changed um, yeah. I don't know if I will ever be as fast on the road as I once was mm. but I feel like I'm faster on the trail like stronger on the trail now than I ever have been in my life because I have just been hitting the trails really hard all of my run has been trail running yeah, yeah. No, I definitely feel like I have a lot of years of ultra running left in me. I'm yeah. uh, not so much really fast marathons, but I can still run a marathon. But it, I won't be setting any new PRs. I don't think. <laughs> Would Western States next year be your A race? Focused on that one? Oh, I, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Represent Canada. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And after that, well, sorry, after that, but then you also did Tarawara and winning that one. How was that? Uh, that was another amazing race too. And everything, it, it was another perfect race day. Everything went well. Everything felt good. Uh, I was able to, to get, keep nutrition down all day, which is super important in the, the long ultra event. Uh, we had really good temperatures. It was a really great atmosphere. Yeah, it was just a, a really perfect day. Again, but going there, nobody knew who you were, right? You just walked in and no pressure. Yeah, it was kind of interesting because um, I was on the elite starting list and I was, they had asked me for my profile and everything, but they didn't feature me on their website like they did all the other elite athletes. Mm. And then they had spelled my name wrong on my race bib. Mm. So I asked them to correct it. And when they corrected it, they gave me a new race bib, which wasn't an elite bib number. So then I got kind of really lost in the crowd. <laughs> so yeah, nobody knew I was there or knew who I was. Perfect. So. <laughs> that would have been fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, I think I shocked a few people in that one. Yeah, the, uh, not just the women, but you also beat all the men. You came third overall. So everyone must be wondering who is that person in front of me? <laughs> and they can't get in front of you to see your bib number. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Controversial question because we have talked to a few people who do Ironman and do 100 milers. What do you think is harder to actually on race day, Ironman or 100 mile? The 100 miler. <laughs> <laughs> and so far, that's been the answer. <laughs> what, what, what is harder to train for? Uh, that's a good question, actually. I would say probably the Ironman is harder to train for because you have to focus on three different disciplines. Yeah. Right. Whereas with the ultra, it's just, well, I shouldn't say you just focus on running because I still do lots <laughs> of crossing and training for ultras. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, to, to squeeze in the swim, bike, and run, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Right. And would you say that the 100 miler is harder because of the en mental aspect of just putting your head down and moving one foot in front of the other and not having that variety? Also longer time on feet than mm. Ironman. Yeah, it's it's a lot harder on the body. You know, you're on your feet for the entire duration. It's a lot longer of a race. I mean, you're looking at about 18 hours compared to if for myself, I'm usually around 10, 11 hours for Ironman. So it's, it's a lot longer duration of a race. So you have to think about that as well in the way of nutrition and fueling yourself for that period of time. And also uh, typically you're going 
through maybe mountain ranges, you're, you're going through the night, you're running by headlamp, you're running alone, temperature changes. There's so many more variables in the 100 miler compared to the, the Ironman. After Western next year, what uh, big races are you looking forward to once COVID's done and everything else? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I want to get back to UTMB for sure. That's on my bucket list. I'd like to do another Ironman, though my swim is really awful right now. So, <laughs> well, not that I know I haven't been swimming in like a year and a half now. Yeah, there's just, there's so many. I want to so do many. more races in Europe yeah. for sure. Um, just such a beautiful place to run. Yeah, I have, I have a pretty long bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> and every time I race something, I keep adding more. So. All right. Well, before we go, we do a little bit of a rapid fire. Um, just a couple questions just to get to know you a little better. All right. Ready for some rapid fire? Whatever comes to your mind. Star Wars oh or Star Trek or neither? Oh, neither. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. We're still married. <laughs> Me and my husband, we get along very well because he's a big Star Trek, Star Wars fan. So. <laughs> Uh, Ryan Reynolds or Ryan Gosling? Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Do you have a tattoo? Yes. Iron Man? <laughs> Is it Iron Man? No. Okay. Ah. I have a <laughs> I have a trap stamp or back tattoo. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, you do not. <laughs> I was young. They, it was the thing when I was 15. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> so every Actually, runner... I don't have to look at it every day because I can't really see it that well. So. <laughs> so now every runner who's running behind you knows, like, oh, now I know who that is. <laughs> oh, I can cover it up. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> do you lose toenails in, when you run trail? Yes. <laughs> I've never lost a toenail. <laughs> 80s or 90s music? Ooh. 90s, probably. 90s, mm. yeah. Dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Dark, 100% all the way. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so this is more relevant to the time we're in right now. If you could get on a plane right now, where are you going? France. France. Do you speak French? <laughs> no, I want to go to the Alps. <laughs> <laughs> I also like to know about superpower. What superpower would you like to have? Mm. Ooh, gosh, that's a hard question. There's so many great ones. Exactly. Flying would be cool. Flying, yeah. Flying, yeah. That's a popular one. It is a popular one. <laughs> but to be super strong and to be able to like pick up cars and throw them, that'd be cool too. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? You can do both. <laughs> Thank you so much, Elsa. We really appreciate the time. Thank you for your time. Thanks. I look forward to seeing you guys at Western States next year. Okay. okay. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Happy weekend. You too. Bye. Bye. There you go. Wow. wow. <laughs> That's all I can say is wow. <laughs> so much success. And and really, just figuring it out on our own. Yeah self-coached that is so so much discipline and, and with iron man discipline winning and then ultra winning all self-coached and less is more i loved her, the fact that her highest mileage week is 80k yeah usually 
There's so much to be said for Miley that. Well, it works for her. It works for her. Doesn't work for everybody, but yeah, love it. Awesome, awesome. And, and she took on Western States in 2018. Didn't go so well. She's got to go back and do it again next That's year. Right. That's right. And we get to see it. <laughs> yes. Ah. It's total line at Western States 2022. Yes. That was great. Cheers. Bye. Ooh, that was quite the marathon. Thanks for listening to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. Please visit us at gotarunracing.com for more information on our events or simply drop us an email at gotarunracing at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel to stream the video version of this episode. Oh, and if you like my voice, check me out at tylerherchuk.ca. T-Y-L-E-R-H-Y-R-C-H-U-K. Gotta run.